1: 100.7 FM WHIN 1010 10 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs
0: program each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff
2: Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight with your host Jeff Shannon. And uh, one more Sunday... As we get into the holiday season, boy, people just love food, I think, you know, and uh, that seems to be a, a main thing these days is, do you go out and eat? If you had a chef at home, that would be a lot easier. Well, just so happens I'd have a chef right here in our studio. Chef Minutes right here, Brian, how, good to see you. So now you are the head chef at liberty creek high school good morning thanks for having me on
0: yes sir i am the uh directing the new program for culinary arts at liberty creek high school in gallatin well
2: great it's such a a great area here like i said before people love food you know what i mean and sir there are uh, especially in Hendersonville, we have so many great restaurants and some fancier ones starting to to come into town you know you got to have a good chef and somebody that has a good vision you know for that particular restaurant we're getting ready to open up a, a place right next door here it's called edit and they're going to be doing french polynesian cuisine
0: wow that's going be to be interesting. really yeah
2: sure. it's going to be a cool you know vibe there i guess you've been a chef for forever years. pretty
0: much um i've been a chef i've been in kitchens and in food service since i was in high school since i was the same age as the students who were serving now at liberty <laughs> creek so it's kind of come full circle for me that way Um, It's funny you say people would like to have a chef at home. My wife feels that way. Uh, She always says... She always tells people, smart girls marry chefs. Yeah. There's a lot to put up with in that, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, at least you got to reap the benefits on the backside. Uh, but yes, Hendersonville, it's exciting. Of uh, All the different restaurants. One of the things my wife and I enjoy doing is coming out and trying the new restaurants that have opened up here. It's nice to be able to go to a slightly fancier restaurant than the standard fare and not have to travel into downtown because that's become much more of a production than it used to be 20 years ago. You know it. Plus, the, uh, got you can get a huge meal for the what you pay for parking down there. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, Nashville certainly changed. And, yeah. and though, while it, it's had a lot of benefits for us, it's also come at a cost of losing some of that small town feel.
2: Well, and you've been in Hendersonville.
0: I've lived in Hendersonville since 1993. Yeah. Um, I first moved to Nashville in 1991 and late 91. And then I met my wife and I was working with Wyndham Garden Hotels at the time. I met her. We fell in love. Then I was transferred to Indianapolis. It's very gray in Indianapolis. So (laughs) I wanted to be back here in Nashville. So I decided to leave the company and move back down here and get married. And we've been married now for 28 and a half years. And you had a bunch of youngins. We have three sons. Um, They're not young anymore. My youngest (laughs) is a a sophomore at UT Knoxville now. And my older two boys are also uh, UTK graduates. Born and bred here in Nashville. And they went to Hendersonville High School. They were all commandos.
2: Okay. Well, you do have some history, and, and you have seen the restaurant plane change over the, those many years, because back then, there weren't a whole lot of restaurants here.
0: No, I can remember a time when I was working in downtown Nashville, uh, running a hotel kitchen down off of Broadway. On a Sunday night, you'd see two tumbleweeds roll down Broadway. There was nobody out there, and, wow. and Nashville was really, for a while there, they were starting to worry whether it was going to turn that corner. Of course, we know the end of that story. That's it's, right. It, it turned a corner big time. And I've been involved in in culinary education now for this is my 14th year. Um, I started back with the Obama administration, actually teaching for the Art Institute of Tennessee, Nashville, and I taught there for nine years. So I've really got to see the demand for young chefs and Mm -hmm. for hospitality professionals change. Sure. This past year, we in in 2021. I assisted uh, Chef Anthony Mandriota at opening up the, pro- the program at NOSI College of Art in Madison. As soon as the word got out that we were opening a school, the calls came in for we need help, we need help, we need mm-hmm. help. So the demand is massive, and because of that, the compensation packages for people in our industry has really grown uh, exponentially through the last uh, probably 10 years at least now.
2: Now, it's not an easy job. I mean, it's very stressful. I don't think people realize. And I think the Gordon Ramsay Hell's Kitchen thing has kind of brought home what stress levels are all about. Sure.
0: I mean, there's some theater obviously involved oh, in anything sure. that we put yeah. on TV. Um, but yes, the it's an intense environment. And some people thrive in that environment. So what, what I found very interesting at the high school level is some students who may be kind of earmarked as having trouble in a traditional academic classroom come into my program and with a little bit of direction really take off and do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably the most exciting for me, the thing for me to see is uh, young people who I know don't really fit the academic mold, can really do well with just a little bit of tweaking and focus and concentration, uh, they have real opportunities for growth.
2: Well, I know you inspire these kids. My son's in your class. And uh, I remember when I first met you, there was like the beginning of Liberty Creek when they were doing the open house, the through. the parents get to walk through the thing and, and you, you know, recognized Brandon, you came over to him and he was so nervous about going whether he was going to do well in this class or any classes because he had switched over from station camp and you know uh, it's just the fear of the unknown but you were so welcoming and uh, put him at ease and and really gave him kind of a confidence boost and I tell you that like the first day he came home he says man I love it this he was so inspired and so enthused. through so to this day he's loving doing it that's great to hear. He's a terrific kid, so that helps to start yeah. with. Yeah. Right well, I can't get him to do anything at home. Well, chefs know, aren't going to cook at
0: home. <laughs> he, he is a teenager, so there is that. That's, that's an <laughs> obstacle to overcome all by itself. <laughs> Uh, you, you have to have measured expectations. Um, that's wonderful to hear, though, because that's one of the things I really do try to, to connect with the kids one-on-one. Can't help people get to where they want to go if you don't know what it is they're right. trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I've been used to the college level for over 13 years, and it's, it's a slightly different student. Um, I'm used to dealing with students in a culinary program, training to become professionals. And I daily have to remind myself this is a high school program for kids to dip their toes in the water and right. see if maybe there's a fit in hospitality. And if there's not, that's perfectly okay. Uh, My goal currently is to just get them to be able to fend for themselves when they get out into the world. I mean, uh, these kids are in high school, so they Mm. think that high school is going to last forever. But we both know that it's just a blip (laughs) on the radar screen. They're going to go off to college and they're going to be fending for themselves. And if I can get them to learn some basic skills where they can fend for themselves. And and, not cut their fingers off. That's right. Not cutting their fingers off is an important part of the process. (laughs) That's what we start with. Um, (laughs) Safety. Yeah. Yeah. Safety and sanitation is the very first thing that we do and we always have a few that nip themselves and that usually puts the rest on guard to realize that, boy, these really are sharp. But, you know, at least they can make themselves meals now and they can do some of the basic skills and do some basic cutting and, and handle things safely in the kitchen, then that's a life skill that's going to serve them well, regardless of oh, what sure. they do in yeah. their careers. Going they'll,
2: well. And they'll remember that when they get into a situation, maybe when they, you know, get in college. You got to fend for yourself and, you know, instead of just eating fast food all the time.
0: That's right. You can bake some basic meals. I mean, we've done everything from basic proteins and breaking down chicken and handling pork and doing vegetables. We've done some baking of breads and some some basic uh, quick breads and pastry items as well as pastas. And then we've done stocks and soups so they can make themselves an array of meals now going forward. And I feel pretty good. I I look at the program. I'm very proud of what we've accomplished up to this point. Um, We've actually covered more than I would probably cover in a first semester with a culinary class in college Mm -hmm. because we have it regimented over years. And I really wanted to give them some good, solid, basic skills to work with right out of the gate.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the experience for it and you've doing this for a while so you know the culinary arts have probably have have changed over we've got new technology we've got new information about foods and things of that nature so going back i mean when you look back on how it was what is one of the, the the major things that you've learned from your experience? Well, I think that what if you really
0: look back over culinary, over through just centuries of time and of course locally through the decades, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Um, the classics always come back around. When Whenever we think that a trend is gone, someone will reinvent and bring an old standard back when we get into a more classical brigade type thing and, and we're dealing with the old pâtés and croute and things like that that you just don't see on a regular restaurant anymore. Suddenly you get into a hotel situation or a high-end restaurant and those things start to come in with new modern twists, and I Mm -hmm. think that's really exciting to see. There are a lot of new techniques that we use with a lot more molecular gastronomy. I think if there's one thing that food TV has hurt us with is that everybody wants to come out and be the next Food Network star out of the gate. (laughs) so they want to run before they even can crawl yeah yeah. so we try to go the opposite way on that and say if you want to get there we have to start with the the
2: abcs no no i mean i think it's incredible and you know they've created and you might think it's probably cheesy all these tools that people come out with you know to make it easier in the kitchen for slicing and dicing in the machines and this that and the other you know we had gotten a couple of those things and i've never used them i still chop it the old-fashioned way
0: well they take up a lot of space don't they they do contraptions you know some things are wonderful and when they're used in the proper setting, um, I always look at it kind of like uh, Paul Bunyan versus the chainsaw. Which one's faster? And which one's like? Sometimes it's easier to use the axe and clean the axe <laughs> than it is to have to go through all the process of things. So I, I, I kind of temper some of that. Some of it's great. Some contraptions are great, but mm-hmm. for folks at home, I mean, it's it's marketing, of course. Oh, we yeah. want people to have those tools at home. Some of them are wonderful, and some of them are just gadget devices That's for it. sure.
2: That's it. So when you look back, I guess you've you've probably had the opportunity to cook and, and to create these meals for some pretty important people.
0: Um, I've done quite a bit of catering. Uh, for the last 20 plus years, I've owned my own catering business, okay. and um, the pandemic kind of hurt that situation a little bit. But at that point in time, also, I was looking to maybe shift gears into something more like full-time education. So... The timing was wonderful to come mm-hmm. to Liberty Creek. You know, as I look back, I mean, I've catered for professional athletes. I've uh, catered for uh, country music stars. We're in Nashville, and yep. it's a yep. very small community that way, and you mm-hmm. rub up against everybody uh, eventually if you stay in the business and do good work for people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've had the opportunity to cook for some, uh, some famous people, and people are people. You know, I, I've dealt with a lot of country music artists, and, and really they're, they're just good people. And they they like good food food and they want to be taken care of like anybody else. We always have to remember. And one of the things I reiterate in our program is that it's important to remember that we're in the service industry. We are in hospitality. That's our business. So whether we are in the hotel side of that, whether we are in the food side of that, there's a lot of different factions that are involved. And They all are a part of things, but we have to remember that service is paramount. If you cater someone's wedding in 20 years from now, they may not be able to tell you the menu, but they'll be able to tell you whether or not it was good, whether there was plenty of it, whether everyone was happy. And and that's what you're really shooting for.
2: So the question I I would have is, does it take a certain person to get into the, the culinary arts? What would be one of the major strengths one would have if they were going to jump into this?
0: Well, it helps to have a high uh, energy level. You know, I I come in with a high energy level from the time I hit the ground until Mm -hmm. the time I go home. And um, that certainly is a very important attribute. I think for a lot of folks, they don't really know. But as young people, they get into the restaurant business or the hotel business, and they find that they like the energy, the excitement of that. And it's on a daily thing. Um, And so for a lot of folks, like I said, who maybe don't traditionally to sit at a desk all day is beyond comprehension for them. This uh, There's good opportunities out there for people that have high energy, that li- like to multitask, sure. uh, that like to have a lot of irons in the fire. I always say, you know, a little ADHD is a good thing in my business because <laughs> you're multitasking all the time. Sure. So having your brain in a lot of different places can certainly be a helpful tool. And
2: there'd be some people that'd be better in the front of the house. As versus the back of the house, vice versa. So, But I think somebody, if you're in the business, it's good to be good at both because Certainly. at some point you're going to have to come out.
0: Certainly. <laughs> Talking to guests is a difficult thing sometimes and I have to explain that to people. It's a, In our business, sometimes you have to look people in the eye and give them difficult information. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to look people in the eye and just see how they're doing and connect with them. Uh, and that's an acquired skill. Young people are generally not very good at looking people in the eye and talking to them that way. Yeah. So that's something I try to work on regularly uh, in our program and interact with all of the students at some point in time and in the week and in the day, whenever possible, to, to make eye contact and talk to them about themselves and that type of thing. So that that's a big skill set. When I went to college, my roommate, we all were came in as young hungry chefs and by the time we graduated many of them went and and gravitated to the front of the house right so he wound up being a, a restaurant manager for Houston's and opened up properties in seven different states and traveled right. and, and made a good living at it too right. um, and he found that out by working through the programs uh, that we had and was a maitre d at a restaurant and
2: said I like that well you know what I think you got to have people skills and when we come back in the next segment I want to talk about that how these the, the people can gravitate and to learn these kind of skills when they're working in your business so we'll be be right back with more of Summer County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at WHINRadio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight on this Sunday morning, right here with Jeff Shannon. And uh, like we had mentioned, you can hear this on our podcast page at whinradio.com under the podcast tab and uh, check it out as well as many of the other uh, programs that we have up there. So we're continuing our conversation with Chef Brian Minich over at Liberty Creek High School, and he is the, the head chef. We call him Nat. And uh, he's you know doing some great things over there. We're going to talk about the Liberty Creek program, but I wanted to jump back just a bit on what it takes to be great at customer service.
0: Well, customer service is the most important thing that we do, uh, making sure that customers feel that they have received value. I'm a value guy, so value comes with the whole package. It's not just a good quality meal and hot food and timely food, but it's also being felt like you were treated with respect And dignity. And as you go into a place, you certainly don't want to go in and hear about anyone else's problems. You Mm -hmm. go to the restaurant to relax. It's Mm -hmm. one of the the finer things that we get to do. And so, customer service, I, I believe, is paramount above all else. Um, I think we've all seen since the pandemic and uh, the shutdowns of restaurants and the folks that didn't come back and the restaurants that don't have the help. And we really feel almost betrayed if we go into one of our popular, more popular places and we don't get the service that we're accustomed to getting there. Yeah. And you can hurt somebody's feelings. They don't come back again. They can get a meal down the road. So I think it's important people feel heard. I've worked in plenty of different restaurants where the managers come out and cross their arms and they look over the heads of, All the patrons look like feel like they're important, and then back into the kitchen to or to the office they retreat. And it's very important that you touch tables and talk to your guests because they're going to tell you what you're doing well, and they're going to tell you what you're not doing. Sure. And so they feel heard is usually the most important thing, and that we solve any issues they might be having. I, I often bring this back to the wedding thing because a wedding is a once in a lifetime event for people, and the thing that they're buying a lot of times when they hire a caterer or hire a coordinator or a company is they're buying that confidence that everything's going to be okay so that on their special day they can be feel special and not worry about the details or the problems and that's
2: what you're really selling to folks the wedding business it's i was in it for 40 years so i I know it's a grind How, how how brides can be and one little thing will ruin their day like I had one bride, the salt shakers and the salt and pepper shakers were on the wrong side. Totally devastated. Her. Why? Then. I I don't know. But, you know, that's the things you run into. But you got to ease their, their mind. Well, it's everything's taken care of. Don't worry about it. Just go enjoy yourself. <laughs> that's right. We're going to take care of everything. Yeah. Just go and relax <laughs> and enjoy it.
0: Fortunately for me, I've never had a bad bride ever. Thank you, ladies. No, really? Um, <laughs> wow! Oh, you're. <laughs> That's rare. Yeah. No. You know, it's it's just that these events are people's lifetime events. It might not be a wedding, but it could be, a, you know, a 40th wedding anniversary or 50th wedding anniversary, and these are lifelong events that people need to be able to focus mm-hmm. on and have wonderful times. I mean, so we go everything from going to a fast food counter for a hamburger to going to someone's most sacred and special and important event of their lives, and and what they really are buying is the confidence in you in the long run, sure. um, and the other stuff is incidental. Service is most paramount. Whenever I've done events through the years and I talk to my clients, uh, they'll say, you know what, the food was wonderful, you guys did a fantastic job. They're like, but the service was just outstanding. You guys took care of everything, and that's what we like to hear. Right. We want yeah. our, our guests, we think of our, our customers as our guests and as our, you know, as our family, and we wanna make sure that they get taken care of as such.
2: And that means great referrals. Because you know that's going to happen. It's a word
0: of mouth business. If you you can't get an event off each event you do, you won't be in business very long. That's true.
2: That's That's right. right. So over at Liberty, you started this program. I've seen pictures. I've talked to Brandon about it. And it's just an incredible facility of of all the, the items you were able to have in this kitchen. And pretty much a commercial kitchen. For oh, most
0: it's, it, it's a fantastic kitchen I mean we're truly blessed to have wonderful facilities for me to come into the uh, the public school system at the high school level it had to be the perfect storm for me uh, it's the right location it's the right group of kids it's yeah. a beautiful facility it's and the county's been wonderful about supporting our program and getting us off the ground you know I can't thank chase Moore and and Becky Roy and Melissa Baker and, and, and Philip Holt and just all of the folks with Liberty Creek and with the County who helped us get this up and stocked because there really wasn't a roadmap for that at all. Uh, And we were very fortunate that when I asked and said, if we're going to have a great program, these are the things we need. They said, yes. Now I think the yeses are over with, with for me for now, but I asked (laughs) asked for a lot of yeses. So, and, and they were very good to me and to our students. And, uh, So we are really, I think we hit the ground running full speed, and I'm very proud of that. It was a lot of work to do that, continues to be a lot of work to do that. If we're going to build something that's going to be a wonderful program, and we want to be a premier program in our state, that we um, definitely receive the right support out of the gates. And I was given a lot of autonomy to do what I felt was the most important things Mm. for our students. And we use a lot of state guidelines, of course. But to fit into each program, we kind of have to shuffle those things around into different classes. Uh, my, my intro level students aren't as interested in history of culinary arts. They want to learn how to cook and they may never be in another kitchen class ever again. So I want to take advantage of that. And And then as the students who stay with our program and move forward, They'll be far more interested in our history, in organization. So as they move forward in our program, we want to get a little more out of the cooking class scenario and more into the operation of a food service scenario. So, so we want business model. You got to learn the model, business, right? Yeah. We want to really model after what Greg West has done. Greg West is the one who brought me into Sumner County Schools. He's the culinary arts instructor for the last 23 years, I believe, at Gallatin High School, and he does an amazing job with the students up there. And he's been toting me for this position. Since the they they spoke about breaking ground yeah. uh, on this high school since it was conceptual. Now um,
2: this is, this is an elective that they can take. Can yes, they take sir. it more than one semester?
0: We have actually uh, culinary one, two, three, and four. Okay. So as we go forward, we will focus on this. Like here, we in culinary one, we made we boiled dried pasta and we made baked ziti. In culinary two, we'll make fresh pasta and we'll make more scratch. We'll work back to the basics so we can work with some of those more intricate techniques and products mm-hmm. um, and at the same time what we really want to do that we've learned from Gallatin's example is they run a cafe on Thursdays for the staff and faculty so they can come in and dine in our facility so we can then work our students into different sect- sectors of the importance of sanitation and stewardship we can run a section of just baking okay in the kitchen and a section of production and a s- another section of students that are focused on firing the event itself and we can have a group in the dining room and we can rotate that okay. weekly so they get a several looks at different times oh, throughout sure. the semester. We will also be doing some catering events. We did an event uh, the day before Veterans Day, a Veterans Day event at the school where we did a full China linen um, luncheon for our, our, the veterans that are connected to our students. And we had about 80 people come in and it went, went wonderfully. It was a very nice event, but it was the first thing we had done there. And it was exciting for the students and it was exciting for the staff and faculty mm-hmm. and, and the the guests who we brought in really felt special mm-hmm. that uh we went through the lengths that we did to, to bring them in and, and it was just it was the least we could do to thank them for their service to our country sure. oh, and great. to welcome them to our high school yeah
2: now i know the teachers love that they get some of that food each day when you're making things that they're able to to sample that or eat they can buy that right
0: some, some yeah. items yes it yeah. depends on what we're focused on we okay. do some sales if we're doing cookies and muffins we do those uh we do some little bake sales to the students just to recoup our sure our finance so we can put groceries back on the shelves mm-hmm. to do this again next semester with our next group of culinary one students we've also done larger things where we do take and bake pasta or a meal uh, yeah, the this, the faculty and staff. We also have the middle school in there with us in the high school building for these next two years, and they're involved in that too. And they're asking me now, can we do this in two years when we're not in this, when we're up on the hill on the other building? Can we still come over and order from you? And I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. It's it's a win win situation. Yeah, we no. all we all gain something out of it. So those are always the best kind of scenarios.
2: Yeah, Brandon will come home and say, Wow, we we did scones today, and th- those things are g- going to go really fast, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, we've done a lot of. That. We've done a lot of quick breads, muffins, and cookies, and scones, and, and biscuits, and that type of thing, but we've also done a lot of yeast breads, so when we do pasta bake, the, what we always make sure that I make sure we do is we have product that we sell to our faculty and staff just to be able to put groceries back on the shelves, but we also make sure that we have enough for all the students to sample all the products. Um, I tell them it's echoing Chef West's Sage Wisdom, it's, it's a cooking class, not an eating class. <laughs> However, you have to sample and try the products you make or you can't learn what they're supposed oh, to be. Well, like.
2: exactly. But I think the, the, the important thing you said a little bit ago is when you start at the basics, but you teach them food safety, like handling chicken and, and all of the raw meats. I
0: mean, that, that's pretty important. Yeah, we start the, they don't even go into the kitchen until they can clear a, uh, a safety sanitation test that we have. Oh, good. Um, they have to be able to show me that they understand how to handle a knife. And then we start with Play-Doh. And for those kids who aren't comfortable with real knives at that point, I've got the glad salad knives that they can cut through Play-Doh and we can remold it and we can cut it and we can remold it. And okay. we do that for several days before we move into vegetables. Right. Uh, and then we start with carrots and potatoes and onions and celery. And then we save those ingredients to make stock of later and that type of thing. And, and we reiterate skills. What, what we'll see happening maybe is we do a week of cutting and then we get into some baking and we get back into some cutting and bad habits start to show up. So I'm constantly, I feel like I'm on roller skates because it's doing laps constantly all day long. I have 25 students, three classes a day. Yeah. So I stay on my toes and making sure that they keep all fingers attached <laughs> um, right. and that they don't hurt themselves. We have very powerful commercial equipment and it gets much hotter. I tell them, this isn't your mama's stove. It's, this, is right. a, this is the real thing and uh, you have to be very careful. And we've had some light burns and we've had some light cuts, but uh, yeah. knock wood, so far we've been in very good shape as far as nobody getting severely injured or anything.
2: And I guess in, in culinary one, you're teaching a lot of the basics and things like that. When you get into two, what, what are you jumping into at that point?
0: Well, again, as as our program moves forward, um, this year will be a little more unique because next year our block schedule, we will shift how I'm set up with our students, hopefully, and I can run the cafe every Thursday. So we'll be focusing on making those ingredients from scratch. Whatever that menu is, we'll be making our breads from scratch, our desserts from scratch, whatever food that we're having that week. If we're going to serve country fried steak and chicken and dumplings, we'll be needling the meat we'll be breading it ourselves we'll be doing all of it from scratch so we're going to run a scratch kitchen for about seven dollars um, oh. so that's <laughs> you're not gonna be able to beat that value That's right <laughs> uh, that's what i hear from all of our staff now is they're like chef you got to raise your prices and i i just explained to them i have to get my hooks in you first <laughs> and then I can raise the prices slightly and keep you keep you on, keep you purchasing. So we've, we've been very blessed to get great support and feedback from our faculty and staff because that allows us to do the kind of things we want to do going forward.
2: You know, I just thought of something. You know, the the chamber does the Taste of Hendersonville uh, coming up. I think it's usually in September. That would be a cool thing to have Liberty Creek. And you just have the students making things and they just give out little samples. Uh, that to may be people.
0: something we walk into. Um, you know, yeah. this year has been a very interesting first year. We. Uh, we yeah. Been very very busy, um, you know. All the min- minutes and hours have been accounted for to get us where we're at yeah. today, and I'm grateful for where we got to, and I'm looking forward to more community work and to doing work with the chamber uh, in both Gallatin and in Hendersonville. Sure. Or anyone else that we can get you know involved in because anything we get involved in is wonderful for our students right
2: i know that philip Holt is you know on board with this and he's very impressed with it we had him on the show a while back sumner county schools are just incredible they have incredible uh, history and incredible reputation and when liberty busted ground and this thing started going i mean that kind of set the standard for what's coming next
0: yeah we really are the uh the shining star on the hill right now, and, yeah. and uh, we've been very blessed and fortunate Dr. Phillips made sure that that high school is uh put together in a state of the art fashion mm-hmm. and it's very, very impressive I, I spoke with Dr. Holt last week, and I said what we really need to do is get some conveyor belts like they have at the airport, so we don't have to it'll be easier to get from end to end because that'll be the <laughs> Liberty Creek two point right. next right. the next one that they build yeah but uh It's been almost 20 years now since they built a high school in Sumner County. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the technology and the differences that they've had. And they've really tried incredibly hard to make sure we have all state-of-the-art in that school. And we want to uh, certainly use... The platform now that we have, our CTE programs, which is career technical education, is really phenomenal. In the county, we offer a tremendous amount of pathways. At our school alone, we have 10 or 11 different career pathways, everything from aviation we have flight simulators and welding and all kinds of things, not to mention business and personal finance and marketing and healthcare and the organizations, the career technical organizations mm-hmm. for students that are pathways for that. So as we go forward in our program, if the student stays to Culinary 4, they can do dual enrollment and actually earn college credit wow. towards going forward in one of these programs. So that's a wonderful opportunity also. And there's it's like that in all of our programs there. So we're yeah. really
2: excited and proud. And um, we're working working. with a great team of people over there. Well, you definitely are. And I want you to continue the great things, the great things happening at Liberty Creek High School. You're one of the the big shining stars over there. So, (laughs) well, well, at least in our book. I mean, you're doing great things. But listen, I appreciate you taking time out of the kitchen to come over here and uh, kind of hang with us. We've been talking with Chef Brian Minich, and he's a culinary arts instructor over at Liberty Creek High School. So, Chef, thanks so much for coming in. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. on. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. And listen, hey, Boop. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. Well, good morning. Welcome back to this segment of Summer County Spotlight. And listen, we've got great things happening here in Hendersonville. And one of the great things that people really, when you think of Hendersonville, you think of the Parks Department. Of course you do, because our Parks Department is just stellar. I mean, they're doing so many great things out there. And I think uh, through the course of the years, uh, it's just gotten better and better. And since our buddy Andy Gilley's taken over, I mean, things have just ramped up like crazy and we're going to talk about some special announcement that was just made here later in the segment who's this guy you brought with you we've got uh a, the distinguished
3: young professional <laughs> of the year in the state of tennessee for parks and recreation uh, assistant director dallas long well and
2: you got eight by ten glossies you ready to sign them yeah, <laughs> so all the game <laughs> later. <laughs> well heck you never know man but you guys are just i mean you're you're killing it here i guess for, well for, for better
3: or worse on yeah. <laughs> it. it's it been a, a fun ride the last few years to see all the things that have gone on here and a credit to so many people that, that work in terms of our team and the people that support us and volunteers and people in the community and businesses a lot of things go into making the parks what it is and we're blessed yeah in and- measure
2: and I think you're you're probably getting good support from boma as well
3: we have yeah. and uh, you know a lot none none possible without their support yeah uh, they they have to fund a lot of things and they've been good to listen to the needs of the residents and help us when we want to be a little creative to find ways to do things that are outside the box sometimes but it's it's all worked out well and presented a good
2: product for the community I think mm-hmm. so why don't we just do a I don't know let's throw it out there like a state of the parks. <laughs> The
3: state of the parks right now is it's
2: cold. That's right. So, uh, you know,
3: all our local leagues and things that are outside are winding down right now. We've we've ramped up basketball, which the Civitan Club runs for us. But the biggest thing this time of year is the Christmas events going on. That, oh, that's right. That we kind of partner with Holiday Fest and many other groups to put together. Coming up, we've got the uh, Lighted Boat Parade on December 3rd. That will be, you can view it at Mallard Park or at Sanders Ferry Park. Uh, that'll be in the late afternoon. Then the next day, we've got December 4th, the Christmas parade and the city tree lighting ceremony, mm-hmm. all in one afternoon. Uh, home base for that will be Memorial Park, yep. uh, about 2 o'clock to 5, 5.30, and we'll light the tree and be ready for the Christmas season. And then we'll put out the map that we've been putting out uh, for the Festival of Lights, uh, where people can drive around and see the best lit up houses in Hendersonville oh, okay. for the next month. That will come out this coming Friday. Okay. So the good good things coming with Christmas. It's one of our favorite times of the year. Our maintenance staff has got everything ready. We'll have the light displays at Memorial Park. I think ten thousand cars drove through there last year to look at those lights. So that was impressive to know that mm-hmm. statistic.
2: Well, it's uh, you know with a cold, it's good to stay in the car. It so that, yeah. makes right. it convenient. Yeah. yeah. So, with all of the the events going on that are kind of ramping down now, how how is our turf doing? Our turf, our, in terms of grass, yeah,
3: and, and athletic turf, yeah. You know, it's it's that we've had a good growing season. We, um, everything is in great shape. I think next spring will be in good shape, depending on what kind of winter we have. But our maintenance staff has worked extremely hard on field conditions because we have so many people playing on not enough space it is really hard and that's that's one thing dallas deals with is scheduling of of all the different sports in all the different places Mm -hmm. so this time of year is important for preparing things for next spring already
2: so do you do the use the same grass type in all the fields or you have different ones for different things
3: uh different for different things we've got some fields are a mix of bermuda and ryegrass some are all bermuda rugby fields are all bermuda we're kind of making a transition with soccer fields this year to make them all bermuda mm-hmm. so it will be a little different for people next spring And Bermuda's
2: more durable right that's why it, you, it is you more to durable
3: but yeah, yeah. you know a lot of people like to see green grass in the spring <laughs> so you have to put rye grass down mm-hmm. we're going to try soccer to be all bermuda this year which okay. will be a little different we'll, we'll see how that goes
2: it's just the winter time it turns brown the, so. that's, right. that's right it'll be brown, yeah. it's brown. Day, so. but it's like i don't think you can kill that stuff Throw Roundup on it, it's probably still not going to kill. No, it's no, hard to kill. <laughs> so Dallas, how is it uh, scheduling everything?
1: Oh, uh, it's a big puzzle it's it's nonstop trying to figure out how we're gonna fit all these different groups and in the, the amount of spaces we have I mean you, you go to the park and you you see all these fields everywhere and you think we have a lot of fields but when you get down to it it's we're, we're a little short on especially our our rectangle fields our soccer our multi-purpose fields so- soccer is our biggest outdoor league we have we have between our two groups we have about 1600 kids playing in in soccer but then you had flag football when I started here about six years ago we had about 200 kids in flag football and we're now at about a 700 kids each season and we don't really have a dedicated flag football space so it's it's really hard trying to figure it all out but um, our groups are great to work with and they're they're
2: very flexible and
1: and they work well together so that's a big key to it as well sharing space.
2: Speaking (coughs) of other facilities the inline hockey facility which is tremendous and uh, we're going to be talking about that later as well, but is that seasonal? I mean, or can they do that pretty much year-round, I would guess? We, right? we literally yeah.
3: just had a box lacrosse tournament
2: at the hockey rinks <laughs> really?
3: this past weekend. We had teams in from as far as California and Canada Wow. playing box lacrosse, which basically is lacrosse using tennis shoes on the hockey rinks so that and you know last year i think we had a tournament in december for hockey that's one thing about that facility is it is built to play year round and that also helps the hotels and the businesses at off seasons when we can bring in events in december november when they're not necessarily always full
2: i mean that facility is pretty much complete are there things you've got to maybe add on to there, it? There will be additions. Yeah. Uh,
3: we, we'd like to add locker rooms to it. There, there'll be some, some tweaks here and there, but it's fully open and ready to go, obviously. We've been playing there for about a year. The first week of December will be a year. So
2: I guess if somebody wanted to sponsor setting up buying locker rooms, you can take that. We'll take any sponsor <laughs> for anything at any time. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know how that goes. Yeah. Getting back to the scheduling aspect, I mean, your, your phone has to be just nonstop. It and does. your emails gotta be you gotta have hundreds <laughs> in there. Oh my gosh, that's, how do you keep right. up with it?
1: It's it's a task, but you know, it's it's something I enjoy. It's something that I've pretty much done my whole career, and it's definitely a task, but we, we enjoy it. Keith in our office also, he, he helps more with the diamond fields, or baseball and softball, so I kind of take on our grass fields, he does diamonds, and we work well together trying to figure out, you know, who's playing when, where, what, and um, also a big a big uh, issue that we also have to, to deal with is parking, we have limited parking across all of our parks. Yeah. So when we have, a, we have a big hockey tournament going on, we can't use the grass field or, or vice versa.
2: So it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a joint effort trying to make it all work. Well, I think it was impressive uh, this past Freedom Fest when we had that big tournament in, when yeah. you had like 200 and something teams in, in town the same day. Yep. I didn't see much uh, traffic tie up or anything with that, but how did, how did that all that go? <laughs> From uh, your side, hours <laughs> you of planning. How, yeah, hours of planning. Hours of
3: planning between... The chamber and us and the police department and the tournament people, Mm -hmm. uh, the tournament folks are good to work with, understanding what we've got going on and saying, okay, we have to be done at this time of day. So we've got to turn the park over. We've got to get 5,000 people in here. And then, at the you know, this past Freedom Fest is probably the best I ever saw of people getting out of the park in a timely manner. Yeah. The police did a great job of getting folks out of the park and out of indian lake boulevard and back home i thought mm-hmm. that was outside. and that's one
2: thing I think i've been impressed with that we're staying kind of behind you know packing mm-hmm. up and everything to see how fast that place unloads and then okay that's but but the pd really does they've got this thing down to a science and they know exactly where they need to funnel people so that's a good thing it's a good
3: thing uh this coming summer it'll be a challenge again because the way the dates fall the There will be 250 girls softball teams in town on the day that we have the Freedom Festival. Wow. So I'm not quite sure what that means. It's going to be quite fun and interesting to see all these people from all
2: over the country at our little hometown Freedom Festival. That's (laughs) right. Now let me ask you this. This has been popped up. What about this pickleball thing? <laughs> what do we we have those right? Well, um, we're getting ready to have we're, them, right? we're we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> we, is it a thing? We, I mean, it's everybody wants to do it. Everybody. <laughs>
3: we, we we currently don't have dedicated pickleball courts. We have set aside times at the tennis courts where members of the community have come together and are setting up nets and tape and ha- basically. Uh, you know, it's community open play three mm-hmm. or four days a week. And wow. then we have a plan to build pickleball courts. The city put out a request for proposals that we're going to review in the next couple of weeks from people that would like to build a facility here. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if we can get that going as quickly as possible because it is without question one of the fastest growing sports in the country. I think you're seeing more and more pop culture pickleball type stuff mm-hmm. when you start seeing people like Tom Brady has bought a pickleball franchise. Yeah. That tells you that it's coming. I mean and we we're yeah. going to have to get ready
2: for it. Sure. And then pretty sure then you're going to have leagues and of course they're going to want to come here. So That's right. ready.
3: Leagues and and events and tournaments.
2: I, you know, I I think if If we do it like we've done everything
3: else in Hendersonville, we'll build something that will not only satisfy our community, but bring in people from the outside.
2: Now, there are certain requirements for a court. I mean, I know there are different dimensions, but as far as the surface, is it just a concrete surface or does it have to be the And I saw them playing
3: in Green Hills Mall the other night. (laughs) So I don't
2: know. You know, there... The
3: pickleball, the the picklers, as they call it, oh, yeah. they they like to play on tennis court, asphalt, coated-type surfaces, mm-hmm. but it can be played in a lot of different forms. Hey, we might
2: get be able to get Kelly Pickler to come in and uh, Pickler the Pickler. kick it off. I'm that's sure. right.
3: Kid Rock's a big pickleball yeah. player. Oh, here is too. he really? Yeah, yeah, he's
2: got one in his house. So. <laughs> well, not the trailer. No, not no, the trailer. No. <laughs> the, the White House. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just one of these things you, you have to – forecast down the road on all these things that are coming up and make sure that we're going to be able to handle that because the thing about the parks department you elevate it to such a high standard now it's just keeping that going yeah, it's And hard. going above
3: every year it's you know? a hard balance because if you if you really truly look at it there's not been a new i i had to tell somebody this today actually there's not been a new baseball and softball field built in our city parks department in over 25 years there's not been a new football field built in over 30 years there's not been a new soccer field built in six or seven years so when you try to forecast out long range for all those main sports and then you have things pop up like pickleball and rugby and lacrosse and Mm -hmm. all and hockey all these other things you know you, you may have planned long term to do things at a gradual level but then you have all these other things just come up who knew flag football would Go from two hundred yeah. to seven hundred in five years. Right, I was surprised to see that we had yeah. that, but crazy, yeah. wow. So it's very difficult to plan when you have things that become all of a sudden needs mm-hmm. that may have on the two years ago pickleball would have been just a nice amenity, you know. Now all of a sudden it's a community
2: need. Yeah. Now, in regards to the the new ice center, how much are you guys going to be involved in that? Because I know it's kind of zero, zero. <laughs> we so, we are not involved yeah, in that yeah. project at all <laughs> at this point. Okay. <laughs> Case closed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's going to be a a big undertaking out there because I I just can't imagine the excavation and the amount of rock they're going to pull out of that place. Uh, It's going to be a lot. It's a huge project. I think if
3: they get it done, it'll be a benefit with obviously with the taxes that it it will bring in.
2: Sure. Um, That's going to be a thing. I mean, there's a lot of great things that that we have coming up. So your season, obviously, is going to be more in the warm times when you have a lot of these, the sports going on. Now you have the basketball. Where is the basketball played at? Oh
1: Yeah, they're (laughs) basically played
2: at at all all of our schools, Okay, all of
1: our um, Hendersonville schools. We play elementary, middle and high schools. We have about 1,100 kids playing. Um, 140 teams from all the way from first grade all the way up to adults
2: so, so but, but non so you can have tournaments not non-school related they, it's, right? it's
1: it's all rec league play there's we okay. we, we won't host any gotcha. tournaments okay um, gotcha. other than
2: like in a season tournament
1: type right. play but yeah we we started up beginning of november and we'll go all the way to the end of february okay Yep, and we're in, we're in schools every night of the week. Now, that that's also another big puzzle of trying to figure out uh, with all the school schedules and then all, all of our team schedules, trying sure, to yeah. fit all that in.
2: Coming up on the other side, I want to talk about some great things that have just happened to you guys. And uh, when I saw this, I mean, I wasn't surprised, but I knew this was a big feather in your cap here and something you need to brag about. So I said, well, let's bring him in. Let's mm. brag about him. It. Because it—that's pretty impressive, guys. I mean, I got to tell you, I know it's a lot of hard work. Your whole park staff is, is just stellar. And the fact that they are dedicated to making everything the best that it can be is is really a great asset. So let's talk about the, the good things coming up. And we'll be right back with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Summer County Spotlight. Be sure to check out our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just go to the podcast tab and click the Summer County Spotlight. There you can check out this show as well as our past episodes. This is Jeff Shannon. Hey, let's get right back to the show. And we're back with uh, this segment of Summer County Spotlight, talking with our Parks Department, Mr. Andy Gilley and Dallas Long right here. And we had briefly teased in the last segment that there was something, a huge announcement that had just come across here. So you guys, you got to fill us in on what this is. You want me to start? Go ahead, Ed, yes. I mean,
3: two things, really. You know, I want to congratulate Dallas, first of all. They give away one award. For a distinguished young professional in in our field in the state each year, and he and he got named that. And, and the way he gets named that is to be nominated, but then voted on by people who have won the award in the past. Oh, okay. So it's you know it says a lot that people who have won that award respect what he's done in this field in our state enough to vote for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're lucky to have him here, and for him to get that award uh, means a lot to our parks department and to our city because we get to brag about it i mean and he deserves it he he, you know just listening to him talk about all the things he deals with he he deserves that and he probably he probably doesn't like to even talk about it himself and that's okay but he earned it and he deserves it and that's a big deal
2: well, you know, what's more impressive is when you get recognized by your peers, you know, that's like, well, well thank you. I mean, that's a big compliment. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty cool. You have to, like I said, get some 8 by 10 glosses and start signing them. <laughs> that's Even right. You could be out there. Yeah. And then what was the next?
3: So for the, for the third year out of, out of four, um, in the last four years, we've been lucky enough to win the award for best new facility in the state of Tennessee. Wow. And that this year was before our hockey rinks. You, you kind of said during the break, was it a surprise? I mean, I, I wasn't totally surprised that, that that would be named that, but mm-hmm. because I think it's a fantastic one-of-a-kind facility but then when you start seeing all the nominees as we sat there and watched there's some great projects across the state and for people to recognize this facility here is a true honor
1: yeah and, and he's right we had um there was 22 different communities or cities yeah. that nominated or had, had nominations and there were 68 total nominations total and there were seven awards given out and for us to be one of those seven i mean that's i mean we're very yeah. fortunate that so everybody would great. have a different kind of
2: project
3: Well, there's there's seven categories of awards and only one winner in each category. Okay, so for you know we had we had four nominees in four different categories. Just to win one of them is great. No, absolutely. Um, That that project is special. I think people are going to start to see the full use of that project Mm -hmm. over the as as we talked about box lacrosse within there we've had a chamber luncheon in there Mm -hmm. we're by the time this airs we will have had a world cup watch party in there i think it's the possibilities are endless for that facility yeah if it's used properly
2: well i mean it's there and of course you've got nationwide attention on this thing because i mean i dallas i'm sure you've had leagues from everywhere trying to get into this place we have we've 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 had a lot of phone calls a lot of
1: interest we had a guy from san diego with the box lacrosse wanting to bring in this box lacrosse tournament that we just hosted here and we had teams from all over the country from california chicago new york we had people from everywhere just to check out our new facility uh, we had a TikTok. I'm not a TikToker, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, we had a our facility went viral on TikTok by a, a Canadian hockey player, which was really cool. He had, I don't know, 200,000, 300,000 followers. So it's it's really neat to see, the, you know, all the publicity it's gotten and, and the attention. So we're, yeah. we're we're really excited and fortunate to
2: have it. Well, from a city's point of view, I mean, it, it can be used for multiple kinds of things. So it's not just inline hockey. You can you know, have the flexibility, if you needed, to do a luncheon or some kind of banquet or watch parties or All kinds endless. of things. We've had class field trips
3: there. We've had elementary schools bring their kids there to kind of talk them through how construction works. We've had all kinds of people want to come and look at it, and we tell them they don't need one in their community. <laughs> just come here. We don't want anybody <laughs> to build one, but... Uh, the the possibilities truly are endless just just this week we um, have a, f- a huge fishing tournament that's going to come here n- next year and they want to have the vendor fair portion of their tournament and we can use the hockey rinks for people Ooh, to walk okay. around and and see the vendor booths sure out of the weather it's, you, you know don't have to worry about getting wet or rained on underneath it mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a it's very multi now do
2: those walls come apart where you so you want to pull a boat in there Is uh i don't it, know that we can get a boat in yeah there. <laughs> I was we, say. we have a pretty big we have a pretty big opening at one end where we can get some big things in there yeah. i'm not maybe a
3: trolling motor but i don't know about a boat <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah they start bringing those uh you know those skeeters and things up there but that's they,
3: the good yeah. thing too you know there's so much asphalt area outside the rinks that's mm-hmm. covered you can bring things in there and there's space to, to do things out just outside the rinks where you could you could bring a boat and it'd be covered
2: you know i i see an increase in hotels here in hendersonville oh for, for certain <laughs> and the thing stuff.
3: about it that that the, those type of events happen at like we talked about before off times a year so the hotel may not be the most busy ever mm-hmm. the first week of december on a thursday friday saturday but you have a bringing a hockey tournament and all of a sudden they're they're full
2: yeah. So no, I'm, not, I'm the city likes that sales tax revenue. Uh, we depend on it, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. With this trophy, you did. I assume you
3: got a trophy. Yeah, they give us a really nice little wooden engraved, almost like a fraternity paddle looking thing. That's that's really not really well done. So where's that displayed? Uh, we're gonna hang it at the office. In the city hall we're going okay. to hang we're going to hang one a, a copy of it at the rinks oh, and good. we're going to give one to our uh, coo mr eckenroth who one of his first tasks when he came in to that job was to jump headfirst into this project yeah. and uh, his background in construction and in public works made it to where myself and and the mayor and others who don't have backgrounds in that <laughs> he really took that project on and made it come in under budget and did some great things to get that project done on time. Uh, he held some people's feet to the fire. Um, Je- Jesse, without him, I'm not real sure where we would have been without without him on that project.
2: Sure, you know, you know Scott and the guys at Olympian do such a great job you know, uh, on any but, project they do. Yeah, so.
3: Olympian was a key key factor. We signed all the contracts for that basically during COVID right when things were about to go nuts in terms of Mm -hmm. supply chains and prices so for them to to work with jesse to keep it under budget was a great accomplishment during that time
2: and and speaking of him i've got to get him in here on the show you know give him a little get his feet wet in
3: there and (laughs) now he
2: can come in he can Good luck with that, yeah. <laughs> in all his free time. He's like the Wizard of Oz, man behind the curtain. <laughs> all right, so Dallas, what do we have coming up here? Now the, the, the winter time, it slows down a little bit. So That's, what do we look like in the spring? Spring,
1: we'll, we'll uh, start back up end of February, uh, beginning of March, and we'll, we'll start off with all of our middle school and high school softball tournaments. And then basically we'll all of our leagues will start playing in March as well. And then we'll be nonstop all the way again until the end of November. <laughs> and with just tournaments, league play. Come summertime, we'll have a lot of our big national, World Series level tournaments with 100, 200 teams coming in town. And so, is full
2: count coming back again?
1: Full count will be back. Okay, yep, they right. will. Yep, the the rhythm will be back, and in, um, in, during the summer, and then in the fall, they have their their high school full count league as well at the park.
2: So. Yeah, I think it's such a great thing they're doing with that with that program. And uh, definitely, you know, the community loves it, obviously. Yeah, they they'll, do. They'll, yeah.
3: they'll be back better than ever, probably. It mm-hmm. seems like they keep expanding what they do during the games. I think WHIN's played a huge role in that. Mm-hmm. They've, it's been so great to watch some of the broadcasts that they do and see
2: people from all over the country being able to tune in to those games at the park has been yeah. really yeah, cool no, absolutely just a side note so what's up with liberty creek's led lights on their football field is that the craziest thing they I'm, got I'm, the good ones wow uh, they I got mean, the, they got the good college level package and they do there. those the movements and it's yeah. dances and, i mean that's come on we need but, our we need all our fields to be like <laughs> yeah, that that's right yes so calling all donors yeah. <laughs> like, you got a couple million throw it this way that's exactly right right. yeah (laughs) but yeah i mean that's uh that when i first saw that I was like wow you got to be kidding me led
3: lights are definitely what everybody's going to Uh, we've been fortunate to make a conversion on some of our fields we're about to install led lights at rugby at volunteer park okay it's something that we'll have to go to as these old they're called metal halide lights Mm -hmm. but those are going to be out of stock soon sure so well plus the leds last forever In the last 30 years and Jeez. i don't know if we'll ever be making ours dance like little <laughs>
2: dallas he'll be up there shaking yeah, them and going yeah, like that's that. right <laughs> wow that's you know th- the technology i think too that has increased well even with ground maintenance you know they're coming out with different chemicals all of these tools they have to help make the job easier that's right to help you maintain this you should, stuff
1: you come check out our robot we have a robot paint machine who uh, paints all oh, of our really? all of our fields. Okay, yep. I thought I heard so, something about that. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's really helped out with maintenance and cutting down on on men having to line fields. We it used to take us I don't know. We used to have six to eight guys paint our soccer complex, and now it's one guy and a robot. So it's it's amazing. What, so what it's like those portable little
2: vacuum cleaners you can get now that just yeah. That's exactly right what it is. looks like. But you yep. can tell it exactly yep. what the yep. he paints a lot straighter than other people. <laughs> yeah. I can see. Yeah. Wow. I mean that's that is pretty cool. We were talking earlier about freedom fest with this the, the girls tournament coming in so it's kind of be on the same lines as it was this past year as far as the timing of things
3: mm, the, no they'll actually be all of them here this time last year they were kind of just rolling into town to get ready for monday and okay this year with the third being on a
2: monday they'll they'll all be here ready rip roaring ready to go okay but the the games will be done by the time things kick off Next door. yeah they,
3: they, we won't they won't be playing games during the freedom okay. festival um we we're trying to figure out a way to incorporate their attendance uh, so that we can provide a space for them that will kind of not overwhelm our locals and our vendors mm-hmm. but we do want to cater to them too a little bit sure. they're our guests yeah. from out of town we want them to have a good time
2: yeah we got Hendersonville hospitality that's yeah. right we got to do right. that
3: we do that pretty well yeah. and what are
2: the age groups on this tournament
3: that's eight all the way to 16 yeah Really? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, wow! This is soft, softball. Fast, fast pitch, I, softball. fast and slow. Just no, fast just, pitch. Fast pitch. just fast. Pitch. Just fast. Okay. Yeah. i I got to tell you, these girls when they when they do that fast pitch stuff, that is phenomenal. I wouldn't want yeah. to try to hit it. <laughs> I mean, how how fast did they clock those girls? You got any numbers? I mean, they
3: they go up to 60, 65 <laughs> miles an hour, which is equivalent to. A Nolan Ryan
2: fastball. I mean, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> trying to hit it. That's like that would be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we want to do so, that. Wait a minute, that just passed me. I didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. You know. So, what's the future looking like here in the next uh, year or so for parks? As a great other than success. <laughs>
3: you know. I told uh, told you I talked to people today. I, the one thing that, that I told the same person was our emphasis has been on safety and security in the park and trying to do long-range planning. That's what I think we'll keep focusing on. We're, we're going to try to keep making our facilities as good as they can possibly be, but we also want to make sure they're safe and secure. I think you'll see added cameras throughout the parks for security purposes. We, we don't have a lot of problems, and I think that's one reason why people know that we're – (laughs) kind of watching all the time that's right
2: we have the tag readers there right yeah we have
3: but we have just regular security cameras too so Mm -hmm. that's important but i think we've got to we've got to address the needs of flag football of pickleball but we also have to address the needs of our people that have been playing here forever we've got to keep up with other cities around us in terms of facilities everybody's got artificial turf we're going to have to keep gradually going to that Mm -hmm. i'm not saying we have to have all turf Mm Because that's not necessarily what everybody wants to play on. Mm -hmm. But for us to maintain what we have and not let one rain out screw up two weeks of scheduling because we're so crowded, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to do that. Sure. And I hope we can continue to make long range plans for additional facilities
2: also. Well, I can tell you this I know Conway is proud. He's got to so. be proud of what's so. been accomplished. I mean, this where you've taken this to this level and can only go higher. I hope so. That's, that's the goal, right? <laughs> now, yep. we've got some great things coming up. And we've been talking with Parks Director Andy Gilley and Dallas Long here with the Hendersonville Parks Department, doing great things for the city of Hendersonville. And that's uh, going to keep it up, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much for taking time to come on in and chat with us. And thank you thank for you. Ha- always yes. having us and, and being an advocate. Uh, we're a big supporter. It. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon. We'll check you next week right here on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.